No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Word Bros, the uh, podcast for comics, by comics, with comics. I don't know. We haven't really thought of a good, like, opening thing yet. We're still... We're workshopping some shit. I'd say it's a, po- a podcast of, of by guys who make comics about trying to make comics, and then I mean, like you know it's more of a conversation. We have conversations about varying things. I don't know, man. But we have it's a, kind of like the Joan Rivers of comics. Let's talk. No, nah, I wouldn't. I mean, enough? that's no. Nah, I don't know what it is, but we're word bros and we're making this podcast. And this week we have a a really cool guest. His name is Benjamin Shipper. He's got a book coming out uh, through Dark Horse called um shit i forgot the name of it hang on right, let me let me see here benjamin shipper's book is called joe death and the graven images that book will be out in may of 2021 uh, we wanted to have him on the show now because this dude is hot and he's going places and he's a really nice cat so he was awesome yeah. yeah he was cool so take a listen to this and i think you'll enjoy it benjamin shipper on word bros Is that natural? It is. Nice. It is. Yeah. It looks it's like weird. he looks like Wolfman Jack, doesn't he? Great like, <laughs> like he's got that Wolfman Jack vibe. <laughs> it's probably the areas of my beard that would have grown in more reddish uh, if I were a younger man. Okay. <laughs> That's great. I feel like yeah. people would dye their hair to get that that color. So it's like that Reed Richard. You look like a younger guy. How old are you, Benjamin Shipper? Uh, I'm 30. Okay, yeah, so yes. like when I was, I've always wanted that Reed Richards kind of gray temple thing. And I've totally you got, got it going on. No, it's really exciting. It's very fun. That's the best part <laughs> about going gray is just going gray like right here. Like that, that Dr. Strange Reed Richards thing, which is super fun, you know? Yeah. So you're 30 years old? Yeah, yeah. Man, that's that awesome. Makes, but it makes me feel like a loser, you know, because... <laughs> it makes it makes me feel super old yeah because i mean like we're old men doing this and you've got this hot book coming out through dark horse uh this book comes out in may correct uh yeah may the 4th which is that that star wars holiday so I gotta, Ooh, that's fun how to, how to bring that bring that around to go my way now, <laughs> and, the, have you, and, and the audience can't see but your shirt is, is a star wars shirt appropriately yeah. so yeah. <laughs> it's all market it's, it's all marketing it is. He, he's, he's got this planned. He's, he planned it out. He's like, he's 30 and he's already got the game beat. He's got it bet, like better, <laughs> bound better than our old asses. Yeah. I mean, he's killing it. Now, we should just ben, tap out now. Now We're on the word, bros. We're recording. This is Benjamin Shipper. He is a cartoonist out of South Carolina. And he's got a book coming out May the 4th called Joe Death and the Grave Images. Um, now, is this something that you did independently and then you pitched it to Dark Horse and then they kind of went with it? Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I was, uh, I did like 
I did the first issue about like three times. This is like, I've done, I've redrawn it four times. <laughs> <laughs> and rewritten it four times. And it, it was sort of, that was always the, the like, the lure I was throwing out there. Cause I, I did want to be a publisher. And so I, I wanted to kind of cut my teeth on one sort of 22 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, if, I, if, I, if that was good enough, I could get, you know, at least a response. Yes. Kept like mm-hmm. doing, doing it over and over again. It was weird. It felt like performance art after a while. <laughs> so how did it feel drawing the same 22 pages four times in a row? That's 88 pages worth of work. I the guess same that- work. Yeah, <laughs> you're like you're like Bart Simpson writing on the board over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I I I mean, if I'm gonna you know give recommendations for younger artists, I would say it's the best practice that I could have had. I mean, uh, it's just it's crazy it's crazy how how you can look at one piece of art, one page or something, and see like different run through uh, different metrics when you see mm-hmm. it you, you know you could look at the characters and then you could you could look at their their body form and then like you could figure out how to do that better and focus on that and then you're like oh crap i didn't you know do anything with their faces their faces still look like shit <laughs> like <laughs> into the minutia of like i got this right i nailed this but I got to work on that. And so it was sort of that just like on 22 pages, like over and over. Um, but yeah. So did you, so would you say that that was like a like very good learning experience for you as, as an artist to study your own work over and over again until you got it exactly right to draw it that many times? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like a, a lot of time with myself, like, um, like in a, in a weird, like, uh, scientific way like on the page um and uh i mean I, I look at a lot of people uh but yeah i think i think you're you're right it's just a lot of time focusing on what i do and how to make what i do better yeah so now i've got a weird question before bobby asks says did you ever feel like bill murray and groundhog day since it was the same 22 <laughs> pages over and over again is it like were you like waking up and like the alarm ring and you're like and then same pages and you're like i can't believe i'm on these same 22 pages again. <laughs> was it like that or was yeah. it a different experience than that yeah it was different yeah i never okay. i always felt like i was living instead of not not living like in groundhog day which is a great <laughs> movie like it's the opposite of living he's not he's just existing and uh, th- this really fe- felt like living because I could see progress. Like every 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 page, I could see progress. Um, so it was a weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's got a cool like because I'm looking at it right now as we speak. Like I'm talking to you, and as we, I'm listening to your to you speak, I'm I'm scrolling down on the PDF you gave us, and you've got such a fun style. It's kind of like if Dr. Seuss like Mike Mignola and like Andrew McLean had like a baby and this would be your style. Like, did you pick from any like certain artists to kind of emulate your own work after? Because it has all those influences, but yet it feels very original. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I, uh, I love that you 
you got Dr. Seuss because I do love Dr. Seuss. Like, well, you can tell by like when I'm looking at the the intruder pages with like the weird looking bats and stuff like that. Like it's got a, and I have you know a, a seven and a nine year old kid, and we still read Seuss, even though I hate it because they just make he just makes up fucking words, and I'm supposed to know how to pronounce them. It's like fuck you, man. Like I'm, I don't know how to pronounce that thing. There's too many vowels. But yeah, it's just you've got like a real Seuss vibe here. Yeah. There's like a and, and Andrew McLean and uh, uh, Mignola too are like are like the I, I feel like they're in the same tree. Mm-hmm. Mike was like you know Mike is sort of a you know kind of a, a grandfather to us all or a father. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and then I think other people that have been on your show or maybe other shows have said that you know McLean is sort of the a new iteration of that, just closer to us. And so it's like, I saw Andrew's work and I was like, wow, yeah, like, cool. He's, he's getting started and he's drinking from the same well. Um, so those are, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. As for the Seuss thing, I think like what really I love about his uh, stuff is that it's uh, atmospheric. Like there's an atmosphere. All the stuff that he's doing is kind of like weird. It's so weird. Um, mm-hmm. And, but it speaks in a language of its own um instead of he's you know he's not trying to figure out how to draw a tank or draw any sort of machine um he's just making a machine that looks like uh you know a a, a very bad uh sculpture um and i thought that was like <laughs> you can just draw something and if you get enough details um that sort of resemble something then you're you're there you're sort of talking in a language that people can understand. So mm-hmm. I love that about Seuss, and I, I think I try to that's awesome. put that in here. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, because Bob showed me the art, and I, and I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, this is really crazy. Like, it definitely doesn't look like anyone else's, so that's, no, that's awesome. No, it doesn't. You know? like, you, like, I can't be like, like he said, you have to, like, throw it in a blender to get any kind of, uh, like, real things to tell people who haven't seen it what it looks like. Cause, cause he was describing it to me over a text and I was like, what? And then he sent the actual image and I was like, Oh, I see what he's saying. Like it makes sense when you see it. Yeah, totally. I mean, and it was weird because you were like, it doesn't look like anybody else's thing. It, doesn't it looks like all. these things. And like, that's the best way I can describe it. And then like, here, like, let me show you. And then he sent a text and I was like, Oh, I see what you're saying. I will say the first 22 pages look better than the rest of it though. Probably because you drew those 600 times. <laughs> yeah that's the frustrating thing it's like <laughs> just you're, you're never going to be able to do a graphic novel in in a, a month you know like so yeah. and i'm not i'm i'm more interested in growth than than setting rules for myself so mm-hmm. like if the next issue is like ah oh, man i really want to improve on that i'm going to try to improve there uh instead of thinking like well i've drawn you know shitty hands for the you know first half, just <laughs> gonna draw, you know. Those, no, no, no. Uh, they're not shitty. They're whimsical. Just make them whimsical, and you're good, man. It's just, yeah. it's just the adjectives you use. That's all. Yeah. So, um, tell us what Joe Death at the Graven Images is actually about. We've talked about the art style. I was tell getting us, ready to ask that. Tell us what the story's about. Um. So, it it is a graphic novel. I was pitching it and driving for it to be a monthly, uh, you know, single issue book. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so 
there's a, so, and, and I was, you know, thinking about it being like really long, uh, like, you know, Mike's work, like I love long projects and being able to tell a story over a long uh, portion of time. Like when I was talking to Dark Horse, they were like, you know, no, 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 that's uh, no fly zone for, uh, for new people. Like, do <laughs> like you you is new people uh so you know let's do a graphic novel uh collect these six issues um but even even to get six is a lot i mean that's that's good that's quite an investment on their end six issues is is quite the story yeah okay so you know with that said i'll I'll launch into kind of what it's about here we go give us the elevator pitch go you're on it's horrible it's like (laughs) <laughs> that's a bad start bad no. start bad start, start over start over start over abort 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 the idea first germinated with like you know if the Gr- grim reaper or the angel of death you know if that's a personified character uh, does he like his job or does he groan uh, sort of with the rest of the world wishing for his own de- own demise you know mm-hmm. you know is he is he like this eternal character that, uh, you know, it's a it's a tragic character, just like uh, um, the groundhog character. You know, someone that keeps mm-hmm. existing. Uh, I think like Tuck Everlasting to throw to throw that back to uh, <laughs> some uh, high school girl knowledge um, is you know similar. It's like these these people that are lasting, uh, but they're not they're not growing and and gaining life. They're just existing um, and you know, they, they make attachments and, and lose them. So that's kind of what Joe is at the core. Um, and uh, in this book, he has the opportunity to save a life, uh, save a, a life of a, a baby. Um, and, uh, and he, uh, you know, he's going to try. That's cool. And you so said awesome. you, you said you were inspired to do this book because of your own uh, impending fatherhood, if you will. Oh, um, no uh what (laughs) that i didn't know you know i mean i I, uh i think you know i was married when i started the the project Uh uh-huh but we weren't you know gonna have kids uh and i wasn't really thinking about i mean you know to to get it to get it even um you know more tangled in this web story (laughs) the idea first was was kind of what the son of death Ah, oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. You know, in sort of this like Pixar sort of moment where that's got this boy and uh he just is like wanting this plant to grow. You know, he's just got this little plant and he's and he's trying to make it grow, feeding it water, fertilizer, and his dad just like, cuts it with a knife, you know, because that's like, <laughs> his his dad is sort of death. Um and it's it's sort of the family business. And so that kind of you know, is in there as well. So okay. the the boy and the and the personified Joe Death, uh, the angel of death, uh, were sort of there from the beginning. Um, and you know, I, I just uh, you know, my wife just gave birth to our son uh, a month ago. Okay. Well, congratulations. So now it's kind of you know all. There. All right. So your wife, you have a one month old, and you're talking to us, and it's quiet at your house. What are you doing? How did you manage to pull that off? That sounds like some black magic shit right there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I it's a it's a big house. South Carolina is really uh, <laughs> where, where we live. It's really easy to to get a, a pretty affordable big house. So I'm That's in a cool. basement. 
and um, my wife is awesome. She takes care of the kids when I, uh, the kid when I um, want to talk, and I, I do, I do talk a lot to people uh, at night. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so congratulations on the birth of your. You said you had a son. Yes. That's yeah. awesome, dude. That's Congratulations. Awesome. Kevin is a father. I'm a father. So fatherhood will change a man. Like, just wait when you start crying at stupid shit for no reason. Like, it, it'll just happen. Like, it'll just happen. You'll be watching some movie you think is going to be cool, like, when a monster calls. And you're like, well, I like the name of this movie already. And then you start watching it. And you're like, oh, my gosh. the boy. <laughs> And then you just break into, like, a, yeah, yeah it's going to happen. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Just, just when it when it does happen, you'll just have to like me, like message us and be like, "You guys are right. It happened." <laughs> so. That's good. that's good to hear. I. It, so is that is that sort of paired with like nostalgia or like are you feeling like at more emotions because you have kids? Like, There's just so many. I, I, it's just yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, to explain. It is. <laughs> it like is. like it's because um you wouldn't like if it's something in a movie like oh I wouldn't want that to happen to my kid or like. Oh, this is so sad this is happening to a kid and then since you have kids then you go oh what if that happened to my kids so like then things like that happen and like and then certain movies like always get me now like i can't watch the viggo mortensen like uh, adaptation movie uh of the cormac mccarthy uh, the, uh, road. the road yeah, well, that's like, a hard to be fair that's a hard watch anyway i mean it kills yeah, me when yeah. i watch that movie i i part of me dies inside but yeah. i love it at the same time it's so that's weird. a hard watch it's, it's, yeah. it's but then there's yes. still but then there's, there's still things that just baffle my mind that i that i find myself kind of fighting back tears because it's something that's sentimental to me and the fact that i'm sharing it with my child is like i can't believe i'm sitting here talking to my daughter about the magic of a tribe called quest you know what i'm saying it's like where <laughs> where are we in this you know like i'm listening to can i kick it and i'm fighting back tears as i'm doing dishes you know because sophie's like what's this and i'm telling her about oh well tribe called quest is blah 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 so it's just these odd feelings that you have that it, it doesn't make it just to me it just doesn't make sense it just does yes i just it just doesn't make sense but you just kind of roll with it and hope no one catches you crying, you know? <laughs> I live my life in perpetual fear that my daughter is gonna catch me crying about stupid things. So that's why I keep looking over my shoulder because I don't want her to come downstairs like, you cry all the time, you big baby, you know? So. I like that, I like that. I, I honestly, like I was very scared about never feeling anything again after, you know, like <laughs> sleep deprivation, just like you're just on autopilot and you're just like feeding bottles and you're like changing diapers. and. Mm -hmm burping a kid and just like I don't you know this is just purely rudimentary uh skill to keep you alive I don't yeah you know I'm not you know experiencing much affection right now <laughs> yeah it, it gets better and and like and, I, and I'll just say like just prepare like that's where the hat comes from I always wear a hat now and that's just because when I was dadding and my kid was eight, 18 months old you don't have time to like I used to have time to like you know, fix the hair just before you went out so you don't look like a total mess. And then I stopped fixing the hair and go, and I just go out. My hair would be like a complete mess. And I just like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going out. I've got to take the kid. The kid is more important. Let's do the kid thing. And you go out. So that's where the hat came from. And I, and I just got such to be such a habit that I'm always wearing a hat now. And you, and you look really nice in hats. Oh, thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, but like I have hair. Like there's some, sometimes a con I won't be wearing a hat. Somebody like I didn't recognize you. you didn't have a hat on. I was like, yeah. Sometimes I don't wear it at the con because I have time to actually 
primp. My hair look okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and like Bobby, he's just got wild hair anyway. He's good all the time. Like he's he's got the wild, cool, like big hair. It's not that, that cool. That's about, it is. It's, it's pretty cool. cool. It's not that cool. That's pretty I cool. Here earlier, and I was like, if any bald people are listening to this, they're just you know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> we're all you know talking about good hair genes <laughs> i mean i got lucky i my mother my my wife's father is real bald so i always make fun of my kid that like my son like you're gonna be bald you're not gonna have sweet hair like this like <laughs> are, you, are you like instilling hair envy at a young age oh, yeah yeah like, dude you're gonna be bald at like 17 bro and i'm gonna be rocking this this fucking bouffant and you're gonna be so mad <laughs> So, okay, so you've got this thing coming out, and this comes out in May, right? This thing comes out through Dark Horse. Um, well, let me ask you the next question. What else are you working on? Yeah, well, the comics, <laughs> the comics question. The industry. Yeah. I, and I'm also going to look around to see if there's anybody more important to talk to than you. No, no, no don't do that. We're not – are you doing the con thing now? What, el what, else, con you, thing? what else are you working on, bro? Yeah, that's that's good. We haven't been able to go to cons. I, I missed this. <laughs> <laughs> he missed he missed this sort of con bullying that you're I doing. I mean, there. that's that's what cons are, right? Like it's very much like, hey, what are you working on? Oh, there's an editor. Boom! I'll be back. <laughs> you mean what happens to us at cons all the time? Because <laughs> we're not that important. Yeah. yeah. No, but seriously, though, what else are you working on, friend? Yeah. So uh, I'm working on a a, a three book. Uh, graphic novel trilogy uh, at first second damn nice so you ain't fucking around dude first second that's big time that dude. is yeah um yeah it's they they trust me uh and uh i don't know why but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i kind of i i do yeah so that's uh that's on the back burner first I, I, second i mean like is this an all ages thing you're working on uh yeah it is you're gonna be awesome. fucking rolling. you're gonna be huge yes. yeah well because yeah, all the, the first second stuff gets into the scholastic well, book fair, book fair. and then you're, yeah. you're you're golden yeah uh yeah yeah i like i'm pretty like calculated uh <laughs> like these these moves like um so i yeah i know i knew that the rise of like you know so take it back. Like I, I did do uh, my sort of earlier career after uh, college. I did uh, picture books. Okay. Nice. Random, random picture books. N nothing really good if you search them. Nothing really. Good. <laughs> uh, on my end, like I was sort of trying to cut my teeth in a, you know, get money for making art, and um, I was never sort of satisfied with uh, the pairing of like the writing and the the art. Not because the writing was bad. Well, how, how does how does that work though? Like for the layman, they might not understand. Yeah. Like, how does that work with kids' books? Um, so, kids' books are really strange to me. Like, they're less work. I'm, I mean, I, I don't care about. I, if someone wants to get mad about stuff that I'm going to say, they're, they're just. <laughs> I, I'm not very good at like polishing up uh, and trying to please everyone. But so for me, picture books are just like a snooze. Uh, because there's only like, like 16 images or like, you know, 16 spreads mm -hmm. images or, uh, and, uh, but they could take like a year to like go back and forth, like talk to the writer, talk to the art director. There's all these like hands in the pot. And, uh, 
like I could I could do that in a in a month. Like I could do a picture book, you know, reasonably well in a month. And so it was always just like I was doing something else, and then like review came back for the picture book, and I was just like, oh well, now I got to stop like what I really love to do to like work on this. Um, but uh, it was just so slow. And comics are just like at the maximum workload that you could possibly have if you're <laughs> doing everything. So uh, I really like that. Um, so, uh, you know, tangentially, I was sort of, when I was working in uh, kids' books, I was sort of figuring out like, okay, this isn't, this isn't hitting everything for me. It's, you know, making money, which is, is good. I'm very grateful for all the jobs I had. Um, but I know that, you know, an artist only gets, you know, artist is always second to the writer. This is the way it is right now. Maybe in the past it was different, but it is the way it is right now. So I was like, okay, well, I think I need to write uh, if I want to get a little bit more margin. Um, uh, and uh, and also being a writer, I can pitch my own thing. So I can mm -hmm. pitch my story um, paired with my art and there would just be less barrier there. Um, so, yeah, I was I was trying. I was just listening to podcasts and uh, interviews, anything I could for like um, I don't know. It's been like ten years uh, since I graduated, and it's just like uh, you know, there's just so much out there. So many people are talking and sharing stuff, and so I you know I know, you know Raina Telgemeier, uh, Kazu Kibushi, uh, and then you know preceding that it was Bone with uh, Jeff Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, this is really you know, a sweet spot. And I knew like everyone in the kids book industry was like comic, comics, graphic novels. Like, can we get, get more? We just need more. Um, and so, yeah, it was, so I, I think it was a reasonable, I think if someone can make a reasonable pitch for a uh, all ages graphic novel, uh, they can get a deal. I, I think that that's not a very hard thing. From what I understand too, a lot of it is slice of life stuff. Is yours kind of like a slice of life kind of thing? Because my daughter is just consumes graphic novels at like breakneck speed. And I read a lot of them with her. And a lot of them are just like, I was going from, this is the plot of like 13 of the books that she's read. And no disparaging the books because they're all really yeah. good. But the basic plot is I was a sixth grader going into seventh grade my best friend is not my friend anymore. Yeah. I'm like, that's the book. Like, that's every one of them. And I'm like, Sophie, do you see what's going on here? She's like, oh yeah. But she doesn't care because all the scenarios are different. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah. she loves it. And like, and they're so good. All of them are so good. On the other end of that, my son reads things like Wings of Fire. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, like, yeah. he loves that book about the dragons. He loves that thing. He knows when the next one is coming out. He knows that. <laughs> like, we have to go to Barnes and Noble today. He'll like lose his shit over it. He'll, he loves those books. And it's amazing to see because he's 11. So he's like, Oh, I love that. I want that book now. Like, it, just so it, it just goes so into cool. the, it goes into the idea when, when I hear people say, cause I worked, uh, last year I worked in an elementary school and I heard people saying like, comics is done, man. It's done. It's like, are you fucking nuts? Like comics is bigger than ever. It's just not consumed the way you Benjamin, used to, and yes. I consumed it. It's consumed in graphic novels. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's strange because like, that's how like we were all consuming comics you know, before we were, we were never, we were never this age. We were kids. Right? Yeah. Picking up comics. So it's like those things, you know, have to be accessible to kids and, uh, and the ones that are accessible to kids. Like, I think that that's why those, those books are popular is because they're accessible to kids. 
Like, I don't, I don't, I, I think if, if someone shelved uh, Hellboy in the, <laughs> the you know, kids section or like, uh, like, you know, a, a, a more kind of adult book or, I don't know, if someone, you know, if someone put them there, they would have access to it and they would like that too. No, I'm going to do that next time I'm in Barnes and Noble. I mean, I, then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put Hellboy in the children's section next to Dogman. It's no, on. Dave you never, but I mean, I'm, when I'm reading comics too, my daughter, she, um, she's nine. So she's a bit older and she's, she's super into comics. She always has been, but I was reading Jason Aaron's Thor stuff, not his Thor stuff, but his Conan stuff. And like, she was just reading over my shoulder. She's going, hang on, slow down. Cause I was turning the page and she was into it. Like she read the first six issues with me and she yeah. was down with that. And it, I mean, and we're talking Conan the Barbarian. This is bad, brutal, kind of bloody, gory stuff. And she was with it. So, I mean, I think you're, I think kids will kind of consume anything. It's just a matter of, is it appropriate for their little eyeballs? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is a, which is a call for the parents. I mean, it's like, I, I think the whole like, who's your audience and like uh who are you you know marketing to and all that stuff it's like it these are all uh non-natural ways to divide a population of, of people uh like it's not a natural like it's a it's a construct that mm -hmm. uh people have made to get what they're selling to people that they think will read it yes exactly <laughs> it's a business thing and that's fine but uh, I don't know. I don't know that someone would have been able to like say like, "So Star Wars, like, who's that for?" You know, like uh, everyone. But everyone's like, <laughs> it's not for everyone. You can't say it's for everyone. It's not. You have to have a specific like audience. Yeah. Star Wars is for everyone. <laughs> That's awesome. So so you've got uh, uh, three graphic novels coming out at first second. Well, that's fucking cool. Congratulations on that. Yes. What are those? What are those happening? Oh, so that's like a giant like hill in the distance. I mean, I, I okay, okay. I, but I, I'll you, the congratulations, but like I, I, it's a lot. It's going to be a lot, ton of work. But um, you signed the you signed the contracts and all that stuff. Like you're good to go. Yeah, I did. Oh, that's awesome. That's so, so Ben. Just just tell me that you'll remember us little people who write books about <laughs> anthropomorphic shark men and yeah. ridiculousness when you're like at the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah, so when I'm when, when I'm what, waiting in line like an asshole to meet you. Yes, with my I, kid. I, yes. <laughs> I, I, I know that guy. Like my yeah. kid will be like, Yeah, right, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I love it. I mean I I grew probably joking a little bit, but I I love talking to people and I don't uh forget people that uh, fast and if, if <laughs> how can you oh, forget yeah. people if uh, you know they <laughs> a year later or five years later and they've got their like contact info you just look it up and you remember so like I I don't know I'm not I'm not a modernist I'm I'm pretty uh, traditional in, in a in a kind of a romantic kind of um, way I like sort of older fiction and older ways of doing things a lot of times but the access to people and the communication uh, that we can have, I think is just extraordinary. And I love, uh, I love being a part of uh, the culture. And I don't know that it's, it's specifically comic culture, but there's a culture I think of people that want to talk to each other mm -hmm. uh, about important things that they're interested in. And everyone is accessible at some point. And I, I love, uh, I love, I love it. So, 
That's awesome. I love what you guys do, and I've been listening to some of the podcasts. And I, I apologize. It's, it's it's redundant at times, and it's just our vanity shines through at points where we just never stop talking. But what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> uh, people people are there. I mean, it's like it takes so long to draw comic pages, like. You're not uh, boring anyone. <laughs> That's awesome. So what you're saying is if you're stuck in art hell doldrums, listen to the Word Bros podcast, right? Like it'll get you through? Yeah. And I mean, one of the things I'm really trying actively to like get people who are artists to see is that they can write their own stuff. Like, I'm No, gonna... don't do that because then I'm screwed. Ben, Ken yes. and I got nothing. Oh, we what need our doing, jobs. Ben? Come on, Ben. Don't take us. Don't take yeah. our jobs too. Like, we're going to be waiting in line with our kids and buying your books and you're going to take our jobs away. We yeah. can't buy your books then. You know, I'm going to tell my kids, like, you ain't buying Benjamin Shipper's book. Fuck that guy. He was telling <laughs> artists that they could write their own stories. That's why we're living out on the street, kid. <laughs> No, there's there's always going I know, to, I'm being silly. Be gratification of people who aren't ready to write. Like it, it's such a good like the world is so big. There's so many people uh, at different levels. Like people can't do everything at once. Mm -hmm. right? So there's gonna there needs to be artists that you know artists and writers that combo. And they're you know the artist if they're not sleeping is gonna learn a lot from the writer and and. Uh, the cartoonist, yeah. if you will. No, the car being a cartoonist well, is a wonderful tradition. I mean, it's great. Now, let me ask you this, because oh, we got to run in a little bit, because um, we have another interview at 1045, because oh, we, we double booked ourselves. I know it's crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, we're going to ask you a couple more things, and we're going to bounce out of here. Um, tell us about your writing process. Like, do you actually sit down and write full scripts and then draw them out, or do you kind of do both at the same time? How does that work for yeah, you? Yeah, how does it work? Uh, yeah, well, it always starts with reading. Uh, I always have to read something. Um, otherwise, like, I just, I don't know, like, how to, you know, how to write. Like, I, <laughs> I have to read, you know, books that I like um, and try to, try to riff, you know. It, does it have to be similar to what you're trying to draw? Or does it have to be something completely different from someone that you feel like inspires you? Yeah, it just has to be something I like. I think okay. like like once I'm reading it, a lot of stuff is going to happen where I'm thinking I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, I like I like what's happening here. I like how the situation is working, how the characters are talking to each other, uh, the dialogue. Like I just enjoy it, and I sort of you know I'm I'm eating, so I can sort of run in a sense, running mm -hmm. with me, writing, and so you know after I read a little bit, um, I'll just start. Uh, you know, typing, and I always start with dialogue, um, mm -hmm. and and sometimes dialogue will, will come like when I'm walking my dog or just like, you know, doing something. Like dialogue will will be the first thing that kind of comes, and then uh, and then like dialogue is just so, so wonderful. Like I, I'd love to hear you know what you guys think of it too, but like the it just spiders out. Like once you once you start a little conversation. There's so many little veins that just grow out of that. You just pull on like, if it's an interesting conversation. And like, I mean, I think we see this when we go to restaurants, when we used to go to restaurants. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, people talking, you know, like there's conversations that you're like, oh, uh, you know, I'm not interested in that one, but you hear another one and like, 
what are those people talking about and why are why are you listening to them <laughs> what's holding your interest yeah. yeah yeah well i mean i find myself when i write dialogue um some of it starts out as just like one line and i'll write it down on a piece of paper and i'll come back to that later but a lot of times uh, i think kevin can attest to this too because i think we've talked about how we work similarly is we just talk to ourselves like yes. I'll just sit down and have like, a, I'll sit at my computer and if I'm writing dialogue, I'll write a piece of dialogue and then I'll just start answering the line that I wrote to see what kind of fits naturally with that and just go from there. So I'm actually having a conversation with myself, which is completely ridiculous. But I mean, that's just, that's just how it works for me, you know? Do you in mind when you're doing it or is it more more concept so it's like um, something that you're interested in as a concept and then try to a lot of the times if i'm writing dialogue we already we already have the concept built and i know the voice of the characters that we're working in so i can kind of play both sides of it you know so like if i'm writing like a a strong silent type which is i never write a strong <laughs> silent type because yeah he I hasn't talk done that. fucking constantly um <laughs> but if i am writing something all along those lines i'll think in that way to my answer if that makes sense you know what i'm saying so yeah it's just it's yeah. just always it's always a, a case of bouncing things off of my own self and even kevin and i will write dialogue together like we'll be on the phone just talking back and forth and forth yeah and totally. what, yeah and see what comes naturally because the best way to make a uh to make dialogue in a comic sound conversational is to, to have, have a conversation. conversation. Yes. You know and, and we also try and we have our, our, our balances and checks in, in, in play because we balance out each other. So like if I've written this particular scene um, and Bobby goes back to rewrite it, he might say, I don't see this character saying this, because of this so i'd like swap them because we we've had a, a script where we had to do that before and had some yeah. like uh, different ideas of where the character's coming from and he explains where why he's doing that or i'll explain it to him etc so we get lucky in the fact that there's two of us uh versus other writers who don't because um we keep each other balanced uh when it, when it comes to writing a script you know so that's definitely interesting yeah i think like wes anderson writes with like several guys like uh, and I, I feel like, I mean, all of his characters, like, there's just, I'm interested in all the input that is coming to those characters in Western mm -hmm. movies, because they just sound so unique. Everyone, everyone is so distinct from each other, uh, like a fully formed, like, person. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's got to be the actors, like, you know, bring in what they have, and then also, like, couple people writing and well i know for a long time he worked with uh, owen wilson him and owen wilson wrote together for quite yeah. some time and then i can't noah Baumgart. gardner gardner yeah, yeah yeah he writes with noah Baumgart or whatever now i think they they work together but yeah they he does a really good job of fleshing out you know characters so like when you read so you just read like whatever you can find and that kind of gets your brain moving uh yeah i mean uh so back to like being kind of a, a romantic personality. Like I, I like, uh, you know, I've never read any King Arthur, but it's sort of that idea where like, I love the Lord of the Rings books, uh, the Hobbit, um, like, all, you know, Pride and Prejudice and Green Gables, like stuff like that too. Um, and uh, like, but I love the, the Star Wars expanded universe too. So there's like this, this sort of <laughs> in there. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I think I think I love reading narratives that believe in themselves. They're not like ironic. They're not postmodern. They're they believe in themselves. Like I, I mean, I think that's what Bone is. Uh, I think it's been a while since I read it, but it's like he believes in what you know. The characters are, are believing in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a little cartoon character in this a little bit more of a real world but it's not no one's poking no one's poking fun at that it's just it's it's what it is um I, so i love like those type of narratives uh, and and I, that's kind of the narratives i'm sort of writing too so that's awesome so you have this book coming out may 4th 2021 in the meantime you're working on other things your website is benjaminshipper.com that's benjamin s-c-i wait s-c-i-h-c-h there you go s-c-h-i-p-p-e-r you can check that out how how can we find you on social media and whatnot ben uh, I'm most active on uh, Instagram. So just mm -hmm. my name, uh, Benjamin Shipper. That's there. awesome. Um, but yeah, Facebook and Twitter and uh, YouTube. Are pretty, I have a pretty okay YouTube uh, account. Really? Nice. Tell, tell us about your okay YouTube account. What do you do there? Um, I, uh, well, I'm doing a lot of it for Patreon right now. So a lot of it is like tutorial uh, and like talking about um, illustrated books that I like or just uh, like comic readability. I think I have a comic readability sort of uh, video over there. What does that mean? Explain that to me. Uh, readability. So I think in like, uh, similar to like what we were sort of talking about, like Dr. Seuss, there's like an iconography that you can work with. Like say this is so equivalent to like a font. Okay, uh, okay. Writing. So, you know, you're saying the same words, but you're, you're using different letter forms. So when you're drawing, like you can, and some of those letter forms might be distracting. Like they might, you know, the crazy filigree uh, ones, they're all, you know, distracting. Like you can kind of make out words there, but uh, it's hard and it's distracting. And there's more emphasis on like the, the image than on the um, communication. So I think in the same way with like drawing style, there are really, really readable styles, um, and there are really, really, really unreadable styles. Okay, that makes <laughs> so, sense. Yeah, so I, I think, I think I'm, pr I try to get more on the readable, uh, but then if you get too like um, anal about that, it can be uninteresting. Like it okay. could, the computer did it. Uh, like that, that'd be super readable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're pretty readable, but. That's, you know, that's not why someone's going to buy my comic, at least. Uh, so, you know, working in, in, in between there, I, I'm sure Scott McCloud talks about it uh, in his book. Too. I'm sure he does, but I wanted to hear you talk about it. Because I'm not interviewing, we're not interviewing fucking Scott McCloud, we're interviewing Benjamin Shipper. We want to hear what he's got to say about it, buddy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Anybody can read that shit. We want to hear it straight from you. You can get that from the library. Straight from you, so I do want to hear from you. <laughs> well, it appears to me, Ben, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass, that you are going places. Yes. So, I mean, con congratulations to you. Appreciate if you it. ever need some writers. Uh, that, he that's, does it. That's the whole thing. He's telling me. I know, but I'm, I'm trying. Writers. Why, why are you killing my pitch here? Right? Saying, I mean, you already killed it. it. 
He doesn't need well, us. He nobody doesn't. Need, nobody needs us, but they want us. No, they don't. He's got his that's own shit. He's crushing ass. Yeah, he you doesn't know? need us. Okay. <laughs> like, he's killing it. I'll for, forget it, Ben. Forget it, Ben. I won't even, I won't even <laughs> I, begin. I will say, if you guys are interested, I love, I love pitching. I love, uh, I love pitching. So like, what do you love about it? Because for me and Kevin, that's the it least sucks. Fucking, we hate that part. Yeah, it's the worst part of comics. If they would because, let me talk to them, like in an elevator, like they say the elevator pitch. If you could, if if you work at Dark Horse or or Vault or DC or Marvel, and you're trapped in an elevator with me, you're pretty fucked because I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. So like they say, elevator pitch, but I will do that in person and yeah. and yeah. crush it. Writing a pitch, though, is a completely different style of writing. Yes. Yeah. That's why. yeah, yeah. So you guys would probably excel at, like, talking about it. Like, I, I think I excel at, like, writing a pitch and, you know, developing a concept visually and conceptually. Um, and, like, uh, I read uh, Made to Stick, which is about ideas. It's, you know, <laughs> it's like this uh, orange cover with, like, duct tape, fake duct tape, you know, uh -huh. as a design. And that book was like amazing. Like, uh, it really helped me figure out like how to communicate uh, to someone else that isn't me. It's not you know that that person's not in my mind. So like, I think I think comic pitches are like just so fun because you can develop like kind of you can kind of develop a, a taste, a really substantial taste of something um, that people will bite on without and you can spend a lot of time on that like you can spend a good good amount of time on that one uh great that sort of kernel of uh an idea and uh make sure it's good and then pitch it and then when you've got someone behind you then you can go into you know developing it like full steam so like uh I, you know i know you guys do a lot of like self-publishing and like uh talk to a lot of self-publishers and i have like a lot of respect for them uh, because like I tried and like I didn't I didn't uh, did not want to go that route. <laughs> <laughs> I think pitches are what are what is lacking in the in that uh, rolodex of tools for a lot of beginning people. Um, like definitely, yeah. So so if if, if anyone open call if someone uh, has a reasonable kind of you know idea that isn't super half-ass like if, if <laughs> well, then we're automatically out. we're out yeah we, we know, uh, i mean we pitched another cartoonist an idea about an anthropomorphic shark man who sold his uh, had to do work for satan so i mean you know yeah, that book was brad's brilliance it's brilliant okay it's, you got an artist you got an artist on it so that, that well, we we got a great well, walter i mean but I, like i said walter walter's a cartoonist like you so yeah, we got walter, lucky yeah because walter doesn't need us because he writes too he, does, but, he writes too so we just we just happen to like appeal to his better sense of, well worse sensibilities not as better I mean, well when we told walter we're like it's kind of like a mr show sketch you remember mr show with bob and dave that's because you're 30. That's why. That's right. um, <laughs> this is old. It's kind of like stuff. Adult Swim. Adult Swim. Um, kind of like if you took. Yeah, do yourself. It's, it's a, you know what though? Do yourself a favor and go back and find. So it's called Mr. Show with Bob and Dave. It's Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. It's right? the guy on Better Call Saul. Yeah, it's better. It's it's Saul from Better Call Saul when he was like a he's, comedian. He's a sketch comedian. Yeah, and um and. Uh, what the guy? Uh, why can't I think? David Cross. It's real. It's really wacky kind of sketch comedy shit, but it's really really funny stuff. I'll f yeah, it's it's good. It, they they did one sketch in particular that always sticks out to me. It was 
these heavy metal dudes. And I don't know why I'm telling you this. It's so stupid. There's these heavy metal dudes and they're visiting this kid who's, who got burnt to a crisp in the hospital and all you can see is his head and like his little crispy body. And they're talking to this kid and they show him a video of them on stage. And then after the video of them on stage, it's them backstage having sex with each other, but they're not gay. <laughs> it's the fucking stupidest thing in the whole wide world. But it's so funny. Cause like, you guys are gay. Like fuck that shit. <laughs> and then like they're, they're rooting each other on as they're performing homosexual acts on each other. It's hilarious. Like it's fucking great. It's so I stupid. Title. I mean, Mr. Show. It's like, Mr. Show with Bob yes. Dave. Do yourself a favor and check it out. It's, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. It's yeah. real fucking weird, but it's good. Like it's got like, um, that's where Tenacious D started on Mr. Show um so it's it's wacky stuff but it's yeah. fun mr show with bob and dave i'm really like uh i feel like comedian are you guys into comedians oh of course yeah yeah it sounds like it like uh it's really interesting how how comedians i think right like I, I do it very differently but um like the um children's book author mo willems do you guys have oh yeah do most yeah we have the pigeon books all over this house they're fucking great yeah it's, it's really interesting listening to some interviews with him like he is coming at it from, you know, being a writer on the Sesame Street show. And so just naturally there's like this improv and he talks about it being improv in a way that the audience has to react, has to sort of improv with the material that's there. Um, but it, yeah, it's foreign to me, but I think uh, comedians are pretty, pretty interesting. But I think you can have a sense of improv in your writing if you just kind of, cause this has happened to us. I don't know if it's happened to you, but you have an idea in your head and you know where you want to go in that idea. But then all of a sudden as you're doing it, you go, well, this is better. And you just kind of go that way with it. And you just go, like you don't look back, you just go root B to get there. And I think that's an, that's an improvisational kind of bit in writing. Sometimes you can write yourself into a corner, but there's a lot of times where if you just keep going, sometimes your B root is better than the main route that you, that you thought you wanted to be on. Yeah. That's you know? really, it happened a lot in uh, Joe death. Like it, it just happened a lot of times where like energy level, just like I'm drawing something and I'm writing it. And it's like, what, what, why this is uh, not fun, right? Here. <laughs> I, I needed to have, to have some fun here. So like, what, what would be fun? What would I like to draw um, right there? And I just, I just do that. Yeah. So it's funny that you as an artist who writes your own stuff says that, cause that's one of the questions that Kevin and I, when we're talking to like potential, like, collaborators will say like what do you want to draw like what do you like drawing because it's fun to hear a cartoonist say like sometimes i'm doing this and i'm like god this is boring but you have no one to blame but yourself yeah. <laughs> that's all on you yeah but damn it why did i put all these crowds in here <laughs> why are yeah. there so many cars in this shot you know yeah, yeah. that's it's funny it's a weird type of hell sort of <laughs> like work that you know it like there was a, a, another interview, comic interview. I can't remember who was the interviewee, but someone was like, oh, you really like, you draw a lot of buildings. Like, you must really like drawing buildings. And he's like, no, like, it's the worst part. I hate it. <laughs> but it, you can't like, you can't crap on art with a lot of buildings in it. Or like, it's, it's impressive. Like, mm -hmm. so the result is, you know, like that's why you're asking you're you're asking me about my building because I did it well, and and uh, yeah, it's like a result, you know, the a maximum amount of pain sort of 
results in a uh, well, well to be fair that's why we have hellboy because mignola didn't like drawing cars or buildings and we just stuck him in hell where there's neither so that's why it's that's why we have hellboy so you know so kids if you can yeah, skip it skip the buildings and cars want, when you want that that hellboy uh hellboy meets like drive uh you know kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'd let somebody else draw that one for him he'd be like you know what you do this one Ducking for Grado because you great. Yeah. Because you great. Yeah, that's your job. Because his art on that one book is just just so mind-blowingly good. So so moment of truth. People tell me this. Do you guys like Duncan's uh, drawing better than Mike's? No. I do. I don't. Okay. I do. I mean, but I don't like his... Now, this is going to be weird. I don't like his design better. That's why like I like Magnolia because his design work is his, so strong. He, yeah, his like his I, I guess design might be the wrong word for it because we're not artists. So it'd be more like the um what is it called? Um, comp- composition. Com- composition. That's the word I was looking uh, for. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, his composition is so really good. Like Magnolia's is, but like if you look at like that night circus that Fergredo drew, it's like so perfect. Like everything looks so good. Like it's like this is what it's supposed to look like in my mind like what hellboy's supposed to look like versus mignola's drawing but mignola draws the story so well like there's nothing like there's nothing missing from the story on the page you wouldn't even need the the, the war balloons to tell you no you can just look at it like you just look at it and the story yeah, goes from when there. i read hellboy i find myself looking at the artwork first and just like being kind of taken aback by it and then i'll go back and read the balloons because it's just it's something that i experience separately because in my brain, they're two completely separate things, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Benjamin, it was a pleasure talking to you, friend. I got a feeling, man. Like I said, you're going and we, we should talk to you again as soon as this comes out. Yeah, dude. Because um, your reviews and stuff. Yeah. Come back on. And, and that'd be great. Congratulations. Congratulations, my friend. You're, you're, you're a good man, my friend. You're a good, you're a good dude. And check out your website, BenjaminShipper.com. And then check him out on Instagram, Benjamin Shipper. Ben, thanks, man. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.